Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. All right. Um, So we kind of are in this, this series that's sports-themed, so I'm going to tell you a little sports story to start things off. When my daughter was about eight years old, I volunteered to coach her uh, softball team, you know, little league softball team. And uh, what they didn't tell me was that coaching girls is different than coaching boys. Um, really, yeah, it's, it's a little different. And so anyway, I remember this one game pretty vividly. One of uh, Anna's teammates was playing shortstop, and the ball was hit to her, and it kind of went off of her mitt, off her knee, and it rolled away, and instead of chasing after it and still making the play, she just kind of went, ah, oh, and just kind of walked over, you know, had this attitude, picked it up, threw it to the pitcher, pitcher. and I, I remember in that moment going, oh, no, you got to go after that. You got you to keep going, so I, I couldn't wait. Between innings, right? So we finished out the inning, and this little girl comes in, and I remember where we were standing in the dugout, and I just, she's standing there, and I'm, you know, up here, she's down here, and I'm like, you got to go after that ball. You cannot stop. You can't give up. You got to, you know, and so I'm letting her have it. How do you think that went? <laughs> These tears, you know, started forming and dropping down her face. And not just hers, but her teammates, too. These tears just dropping down. And uh, she didn't play better after that. I just let me just say, in fact, the whole team didn't play better. I don't think we won that game. And I realized in, in that moment that what that little girl needed after making a mistake wasn't a chewing out, right? What she needed was what? Encouragement. Yeah, she needed someone to lift her up, to encourage her. Now, I should have known this because I played sports, and, and I realized encouragement works better. But uh, when I was in high school basketball, I had a really good coach, and he would uh, uh, tell us how to play, had good strategy, all those things, but he did one thing wrong. He's, he wasn't much of an encourager. And uh, I remember during games, this happened more than once, um, for some reason, if I went out onto the, the court, basketball court, and made a mistake, he would call a timeout, he would bring us in, and he would proceed to yell at me, you know, this far away, at the top of his voice, and the, the stands would get really quiet. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the, the opposition's huddle even got quiet, because they just listened to this chewing out that I was getting in the middle of a game. And it didn't help me play better, right? I mean, it didn't. Um, but I'd go out there and, and keep playing. But I knew what I needed in that moment was some encouragement. So think about, do you have someone in your life that is a good encourager? Do you have someone like that? Um, I, have, I have several, but one that came to my mind, because we're talking about high school sports, was my mom. My mom was a really good encourager, still is today. So after a game, typically my mom and dad and I, we would go to Pizza Hut and uh, eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew. You know, that's just kind of what we did. It was a great time. 
and my dad was like forever the coach. So he would say, yeah, you did good on this and this, but here, next time, you need to do this, and you need to do that. And I would be like, ah, oh, you know. And then he would, you know, this happened, you know, like every Friday night. And I remember one time saying to my dad, I said, dad, can we just talk about all the things I did right on Friday night? And then on Saturdays, you can tell me all the things I did wrong. You know, I just, can we talk about it that way? So my mom, on the other hand, she would just tell me all the things I did right. She said, you jumped so high. <laughs> you ran so fast. She didn't really know sports, so she didn't know how to describe it. And when you shot and it went in, that was awesome. And you looked so good in those shorts, you know? So after the game on a Friday night, who do you think I wanted to talk to? <laughs> Dad, just be quiet. Mom, tell me more. Tell me more. What, how did I look in those shorts? You know, I just, you just want to have that encouragement. See, and moms tend to be encouragers, you know, generally speaking. Um, and the women in our lives tend to be encouragers. My wife, Rose, is a real encourager to me, especially in this area of ministry. Uh, I can honestly say if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, she has been a huge encouragement in my life. Thank you for that. And also to our kids, she's a huge encouragement to our kids when, when they would skin their knee, right, and uh, fall off their bike. They never ran to me because I'd be like, why did you fall? What were you doing, you know? Rose would just bandage him up and, you know, just encourage, it's okay, you're going to be all right. Your leg's not going to fall off. It's going to be okay. So in sports, we do need coaching. We do need someone to instruct us, right? But in the midst of the game, like when we are in the competition, we don't need that as much as we need someone who's going to tell us, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you messed up, but it's okay. Just pick yourself back up, rub some dirt on it, and just keep going. We need people to encourage us. Now, that's true in sports, but I would say it's really true in our Christian walk. Has anyone ever fumbled the ball spiritually? Yeah, I have all the time. You know, so you, you, you're, you're trying to do this thing, this, this Christian life, and you're trying to do the right things, and then somebody cuts you off. <laughs> or you hear somebody is talking bad about you. Or, you know, I mean, you have these situations where you do not respond correctly. And then what happens when you mess up? The enemy gets involved. We have an enemy, the devil, who loves to whisper in our ear, and it's not good things that he's whispering, especially when you're trying to follow Jesus and you mess up. He whispers things like, I knew it. You, you, you can't do this. You're a failure. You're a fraud. You're a fake. Why do you even try to do this Christian thing, right? And that's what we hear, but it's in those moments when we're down, like we made a mistake, we've we're, got the wind knocked out of us spiritually, that we need someone to come up to us and say, it's all right. It's all right. No temptation to seize you except what is common to man. But if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive you. And guess what? He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you'll be white as snow again. You can start again. That's what we need. We don't need someone to kick us while we're down, right? We need someone to encourage us to get back up. 
All right, so hold that thought. We're continuing our series, our sports-themed series called Not a Fan. And in this series, we are comparing what fans do in the stands compared to players on the field, and we're contrasting that to our spiritual walk. Because there are Christian fans, right? I mean, they act more like fans in the stands than players on the field. And we don't want to be just fans of Jesus. We want to be followers of Jesus. We want to get into the game, the Christian game, and follow him. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This idea of denying ourselves, taking up our cross every day and following Jesus is is getting into the game. It's getting out of the stands. It's becoming a player as we follow Jesus. Today, we're actually going to talk about the difference between fans and players when it comes to encouragement, to encouragement. So if you've ever been to a professional game, you know that uh, when the team is doing well, all the fans are cheering. Woo, way to go. You're awesome. And then as soon as they mess up, or maybe they mess up two or three times, they start to go, you know, you hear the boos, right? So, I mean, I've, I've watched some of these games, and like the Steelers fans are pretty rough. Man, if they start messing up, they're booing, and then they're throwing trash onto the field. Sometimes they have to stop the field or stop the game just to clear the trash, because that's what fans do. Players, on the other hand, I'm guessing if you've ever watched any sports, you've never seen a player boo their teammate. It doesn't happen. I've played a lot of sports, and I've never had a teammate booing me because I made a bad play. No, what teammates do is they help each other up. They encourage. If you get knocked down, they walk over and they, they help you up. If you miss a free throw, have you ever watched that? They come up and say, it's all right, man. It's all right. You can make this one. You can make the next one. It's going to be all right. They encourage all the way through the game. And why do they do that? Because they know that booing their teammates isn't going to help. It's only when we encourage one another. So that's what we are called to do as followers of Jesus, is to not boo one another, but to encourage one another. So we're in a uh, chapter of the book of Romans. You can turn there if you would like in your Bibles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans is where it's at in the New Testament. We'll be on chap- in chapter 15. And um, this is a chapter that talks about encouragement. So the author is the Apostle Paul, and Paul was writing to the church in Rome. He hadn't yet visited the church in Rome. He would later show up there in chains, but he was writing to them to make sure that they understood theology and, and, and doctrine. Um, so this, this whole book is a great book on theology and doctrine. But in this section, in chapter 15, starting with verse 1, he is telling us as followers of Jesus what we are to do when other people mess up around us. And here's a hint. We're not supposed to boo them, okay? We're not supposed to boo them. So let me read verses 1 through 7, chapter 15. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. 
For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on, fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. And there's so much in there, so much in there. Our, today's title is Everybody Needs a Cheerleader, um, because that's the idea. We all need cheerleaders. What do cheerleaders do? They cheer their team on win or lose, right? I mean, if the game's 60 minutes long, for 60 minutes, they are just encouraging and, and cheering them on. They're not booing. They're not being discouraging. And that's what we're talking about. We all need a cheerleader. So we've asked you guys or given you an opportunity just to wear your favorite sports teams, jerseys throughout this series. I'm going to show you the one I'm wearing today. It is... The Detroit Lions, because if there's ever a team that needs encouragement, <laughs> it's my Lions. Barry Sanders was the, the jersey that I got. For some of you, you were born after Sa Barry Sanders played, but he was a good football player back in the day. But here's the deal. The Lions consistently have losing se seasons. They consistently don't make the playoffs. Uh, they have this habit of trading away their best players. So this past year, they traded away Matthew Stafford, who went on to win the Super Bowl with the Rams, because they didn't need him anymore, apparently. He, he, was, he had lived out his professional season life. Um, but uh, the, the Detroit Lions are one of four professional teams in the NFL that have not made it to the Super Bowl yet. Um, and I, I think I have a reason, I know a reason why. They're one of the few teams that doesn't have their own professional cheerleading team. You know, so they haven't had their own cheerleaders for 50 years or something. Just recently, in 2016, I think they finally got their own squad. But I wonder if it's related somewhat. They haven't had anyone consistently cheering them on from the sidelines and they've never made it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if those two are related. But yes, yeah, so that's why I'm wearing this jersey today. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us a couple of reasons why we should cheer one another on. Uh, but first, let me pray. So God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this scripture that challenges us, encourages us, and instructs us. So Father, I pray that you would help me to communicate your heart. And Lord, give us ears to hear, because if there's ever a time that I think that we needed to hear this message, it's, it's today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, so your first villain. We should cheer one another on, because we, will, we all will grow stronger. All of us will grow stronger. Verse 1 says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of, each of us should please our neighbors for their good and build them up. So Scripture is saying that 
people around us will fail us, right? They will fail us. They will fail themselves. They will fail, fail their families. They will fail God. And those of us who are strong, which may, basically means those who aren't failing today, because we all fail, but we are to bear with them, right? We are supposed to bear with their failings, and we are not to please ourselves. What does that mean, not to please ourselves when others fail? I was thinking about that this week, and I think is we are not supposed to point out their failures, because it's really easy to point out somebody else's failure, right? And, and why do we do that? Why do we say, well, they did that, and they, did you see what they did? I think it be, we do that because it makes us feel better about our failures, right? We don't feel so bad about the mistakes we've made if we see other people making the same mistakes or maybe even making worse mistakes. But Scripture says we're supposed to build them up, right? We're supposed to bear with their failings and help to build them up. That's this idea of we're supposed to please or encourage our neighbors. Now, it's better for them when we do that, when we encourage somebody who has failed. But let me submit to you that I believe it is better for us as well. We are all interconnected. We know the phrase, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Just a hint, make mama happy today, your life will go better. When we build others up, it's better for us. If you've ever been in the house shopping market, uh, you've probably heard the advice that you shouldn't buy the nicest house on the block. And the reason for that is because if you buy the nicest house, it doesn't matter what you do. If you, you know, mow the lawn, paint the fence, put on new siding, all those things, and make your house look nicer, it's not going to be worth more because of the houses around you. The houses around you are going to lower your property value. But if you would be able to help them, encourage them to improve their houses, then it affects you. It's better for you as well. So as a church family, we impact one another. When one of us fails, it hurts all of us. And so what we should do in those cases is build each other up. You know, get down and, and grab somebody's hand and lift them back up. But that doesn't seem to be what happens in what I would call the big C church. You know, in in the Christian dome of the world, so many times when somebody messes up, restoring them, helping them, isn't our first step. There's a phrase I've heard many times that says, the only army that shoots its wounded is the Christian army. You think about that. Isn't there a lot of truth to that? Because in, in battle, you always pull out those who are wounded. But when it comes to the Christian walk, if somebody messes up and they, they're wounded, we just keep throwing darts at them. An example of this um, is Pastor Bill Hybels. Anyone ever heard of him? He used to pastor Willow Creek Church in Chicago. Um, great man of God. He taught so many um, classes and videos, and, and he did conferences on church leadership. 
and um, did a lot, a lot of things in ministry for many, many, many years. But um, not too long ago, he ran into uh, a situation where he had some questionable, questionable interactions with females on staff, and there were some accusations that went against him. It was during the Me Too movement, and uh, he ended up resigning his pastoral position before they fired him. Now, none of those accusations, as far as I can tell, have been proven true, um, but he is completely out of ministry today. So he's been wounded. Now, and again, he may have brought this on himself. We don't really know, but, but he is definitely wounded. So here's what's happened. He had a teaching book and video series called Just Walk Across the Room, and I've taught classes on it. I've learned a ton from it, but it's a, it's a class and a book on evangelism that I think is so, so, so relevant. But I looked recently, and I, and I looked, and, and you can find the book on Amazon and the videos on YouTube, but when you go to christianbook.com, it's nowhere to be found. And I remember at the time, you used to see videos in all of the Christian networks and books, and they just all disappeared because of the accusations made against him. And he's, and he's been completely sidelined out of ministry. Completely. Now again, I, I don't think that we should turn a blind eye if someone's walking in sin. I mean, and I do think that preachers and teachers are held to a higher level, higher standard. But to completely disregard, throw everything out that he had ever done because of these accusations against him, I think it's just, it's worth shooting our wounded. Here's another example. If you've been checking the news out lately, you've probably heard of Hillsong Church. Hillsong Church in the Christian circle is under a, a, an incredible amount of accusations right now. Um, their pastor, Brian Houston, this is out of Australia, has been accused of hiding some abuse and, and doing some questionable things uh, some, sending some questionable texts, that kind of a thing. He's, anyway, he's ended up resigning from his position as pastor of the church. And so the church over in Australia is trying to figure this out. And, and I understand that, again, um, pastors are held to a higher standard. But what has happened is the fallout on Hillsong Worship. Hillsong Worship is a ministry from Hillsong Church, and they have a lot of... Um, Songs that we have sung here and will continue to sing, uh, called, like What a Beautiful Name, you've heard that song, King of Kings, Who You Say I Am, New Wine, and many, many, many others. So Hillsong Worship had nothing to do with whatever Brian Houston did over, you know, back at his church. But yet, there was an article this week on Christi in Christianity Today that said, should we keep singing Hillsong? And the whole article was this, well, I don't know. The pastor's in trouble. Should we keep singing Hillsong? And there's been a lot of backlash towards Hillsong music because their pastor's down, so let's, let's take aim and shoot our wounded. So much so that Hillsong worship was in tour here in the United States, and they have canceled the tour. Just canceled the tour because of all the fallout. It's not right. It's not right. Here's your fill in 
Condemnation is from the devil, and he doesn't need our help. When people mess up, when they make a mistake, the devil fills their mind through, filled with condemnation. People don't need more condemnation from us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be there to encourage them, to help them, to lift them up and not condemn them. And when we do, the body of Christ grows stronger. The church grows stronger. I'm just reminded of what Jesus said. He said, hey, when the woman was caught in adultery, I mean, she was down. <laughs> and he said, okay, those of you without sin, go ahead. You go ahead and throw that first stone. Because he knew that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Every one of us. And when we're down and we're being condemned by the enemy, what we don't need is to get kicked while we're down. We need to have somebody bend down beside us and say, I've been there. I understand. Let's get back up. Let's go. We can keep doing this. We're better together. All right, so that's your first point. We should cheer one another on because we will all grow stronger. And another reason is we should cheer one another on because it creates hope. And hope is hard to find. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So the purpose of encouragement, when we encourage somebody else, it's to give them hope. Because that's what you lose when you mess up. That's what you lose when you've failed. That's what you lose when you've been defeated or you're feeling defeated, you lose hope for tomorrow. You lose hope that there will be joy tomorrow. You lose hope that things will ever be different again. But when we encourage them, which again, encourage is to give courage to help them. We're giving them the hope that we have because they may not be able to see it at the time. So many years ago, when I was going through a divorce, it was one of the hardest times in my life. I had, I had lost hope, absolutely. Single parent, two kids, did not want them, them to grow up in a single home with, with divorced parents. And, and I had no hope that there was going to be any happiness or good things in the future. I was really, really discouraged. And one day, my mom said to me, she said, Son, uh, one day you will have joy again. And that stuck with me. Because I had a lot of people discourage me, discouraging me, but I, I got that encouraging word that one day I will have joy again. And so I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. I didn't, honestly, I didn't believe it. But I hung on to it. And I said, I think that's from you, God. I'm going to hang on to that. And, and, and I did, and it helped me through some of the, my, my dark, darkest times. And now on the other side of all of that, um, I do have joy again. And it was that hope that my mom had, really I believe through the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, that helped me to go through those times to get to the point where I would have joy again. So when we encourage one another, that's what we're doing. We're giving them the courage 
to move on. We're giving them the courage to stand back up. We're giving them the courage to get on the bike again, right? Because we get scared when we fall off that bike. We're never going to do that again. But that if, if God has called us to be in that level of ministry, if God has called us to try to build up that relationship with our parents, if God has called us to spread the gospel to our neighbors, we need that courage to do it again when it doesn't go so well. Here's your feeling. We as Christians should be hope givers instead of joy killers. Guys, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Every one of us has messed up. And so we need each other to lift each other up, to encourage us. And not just in the good times. And not just when we're doing well. Right? Fans clap when the team is doing well. We need to clap when they're not doing well. We need to say, no, it's all right. You can do this. Pick yourself up. You can do this. I want to be the type of church that's quick to love and slow to condemn. I would love it if we were the perfect church. That ain't going to be the case. You don't have a perfect pastor. That's the first problem. And I'm guessing none of you all are perfect either because we're going to, so if we're not perfect, that means we're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to do some dumb things. But boy, let's not condemn each other for it. We get enough of that already in our heads, right? The enemy takes care of that for us. Let's encourage each other. Let's encourage each other. All right, I'm going to invite Esther to come up here. Emma's going to um, come on the keys too. While they're coming up, I'm going to read three scriptures that are pretty clear about how we're supposed to do this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Some of you are encouragers. Just keep doing it. It's building each other up. Do it more. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, I think we need more if you're an encourager. Or if you haven't, we need more, more encouragement. And then Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, every day. Let's encourage each other. Well, I encouraged them yesterday. Good. Encourage them today and tomorrow as well. You can never, let me ask that. Has anyone ever received too much encouragement? No, you, you can't ever receive too much encouragement. The last part of that said, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When we encourage one another, it prevents the hardness of sin. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.